Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. With me as always, Jason. What's going on, brother? I am happy. We're getting more spring-like conditions. It's nice. It makes me feel happy, and I want to go to some outdoor concerts. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, it's you know, it's uh, you know, it's getting balmy here. I can wear just a jean jacket and sometimes shorts. Um, you can get a jean jacket and shorts while you're walking around, listening to the other great podcasts on the Pantheon Podcast Network that we are now part of. Yeah, a lot of great shows, a lot of great, a lot of great uh, podcasts. You know, guys, check out the Hook Rocks with our buddy Jay Scott. Check out Decibel Geek, uh, Cobras and Fire, um, Mistress Mistress Carrie, and, Ugly uh, American Werewolf in London. Although now he lives in the states, Brian. Did you know he moved from London to the U.S.? Oh, really? Very good. Yeah. Very good. I got the whole story of Rock and Pod. The Hanging and Banging podcast with Carmine Apice and Vinnie Apice. Uh, so you guys check out all those great podcasts on Pantheon. But uh, we are going to talk about uh, Texas rock and roll, Texas blues, Texas Southern rock, and Texas having its own thing. And well, CC Top's got to be like the, the grandfathers of all that, right? They have to be. And, you know, I think when people are talking about Texas bands, they tend to forget one, and that's King's X. Dude. Love King. Well, shoot, we had Doug on um, when we did our um, our grinder blue right blues For episode. Sure, yeah, God, I forgot. I I forgot King's X was from Texas. King's, King's X, X is so yeah. underrated. You know the Texas Cannibal, Freddie King, uh, classic blues guy. You know uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimmy Vaughn. You know the Fabulous Thunderbirds. You know uh, Tyler Bryant's originally from Texas. Tyler Bryant, Willie Nelson. Uh, Gary Clark Jr. Is from Gary Texas. Clark Jr. from Austin, Texas. One of my favorite bands in the world, Whiskey Myers from Palestine, Texas. Pantera. Pantera, a Southern rock metal, the official Southern rock metal band from Dallas, Texas. Pantera. Official metal Southern rock, or the Southern rock metal band, metal, whatever it is, whatever you said is the right answer. You know, so I, much good Texas. I was listening to. I've, I'm. I know you've seen those uh, Gibson Icon series. Yes. Um, and uh, Rex Brown from Pantera was on there and he was talking about walk. And he said, that's a, a, that's like a Texas blues shuffle. He said, that's a Texas top blues shuffle, 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 not shovel. <laughs> uh, now that you said that, or he said that I can hear that. And now I'm going to have to go repeatedly hear that now because I am like, that kind of blew my mind, but that's, that's <laughs> right. That's right. What else from Texas, Brian? Do we know any, do we know, how are we finding out about any new well, rock bands from Texas? I heard about a newer band quite a while back. Um, I know they played some shows with Whiskey Myers and we end up finding out more about that. And this band called Weathered Souls uh, near the Dallas area, Dallas, Fort Worth area. Uh Great band, great band. You know, I saw that they were, you know, they played on Firewater. They played some other shows with Whiskey Myers and, and much more than we knew about. We played some shows with 
with them dirty roses played some shows rival sons with rival sons we need to get rival sons on brian you know what i mean and whiskey myers those guys are ducking us whiskey myers are so elusive uh they're playing up here in uh, july so i'm gonna try again i always get the automated message back on the on the email (laughs) (laughs) it's the exact same but well uh, um also the weather souls on this the record that's going to come out has a tie to one of our previous guests and one of the bands we really like too, with uh, Tyler Baker from Goodbye June, who helped produce it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, we have uh, we have Brock and Holden from the Weathered Souls, and uh, you guys are going to just love this uh, conversation, like you love all our conversations. So kick back and relax and listen to our conversation with Holden and Brock from the Weathered Souls. segment of the podcast and you guys know i always throw it over to jason to tell you guys the listeners who we have with us today and brian everybody always knows i'm excited to introduce the guest this week hey from a real cool band out of texas i think you're gonna love them uh from the weathered souls we have brock the singer and holden the guitarist how are you guys doing pretty good good. how are y'all good what's going on in texas uh it's getting humid hot already yeah what starting to turn into summer we don't really get spring so we're getting there getting yeah. that, that hot weather well, brian just has winter and then you have less cold winter right brian <laughs> you know it's actually you know here you, you know i'll actually go out in shorts and a jean jacket and it's like 35 40 degrees it's like, that's tropical here i'm good on <laughs> that's what I, that's the weather i like i don't need <laughs> wait a second holden you like the cold weather I like cold weather. Did you grow up in Texas? I've been in this town my whole life. Yep. And you it's like cold the, weather. Where, I love cold you, weather. Where did you go to experience cold weather? I mean, my dad lives up in Denver. Okay. Um, right so I, I, we go up to Breckenridge and ski and we just oh, played yeah. a couple of shows up in uh, Michigan okay. uh, in February and they had sure. a big snowstorm coming in. Like that's the weather I like. I, I you, you can always get warm. There's only so much you can do when it gets hot. And that's, uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, that's Keep it. Taking off your clothes, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So you guys played in Michigan in February. Who scheduled that? Oh that, no. Yeah, that's a good question. We were all kind of have, having those same questions when we were up there. <laughs> Who did this? Uh, it was fun though. Nothing really bad happened. I mean, we didn't get snowed in, and uh, we honestly the roads were fine. I mean, that's normal weather up there, I guess. So, yeah, they yeah. know how to take care of everything. It's just a little bit cold for you, Southern guys. Yeah. Good for me. I I, I uh, enjoy not sweating with, with every chore that we have, you know. Where did you guys play in, in Michigan? Uh, Saginaw and Kalamazoo. Okay. Yeah. So you guys are even Kalamazoo is already over in the western part of the state, like real close to the lake, right? 
Yep. Yeah. Yep. Was that That's your cool. own show or were you on a festival or opening for somebody or? We were on tour with Rival Sons and Whiskey Myers for that whole nice. the whole tour. Oh man! Wow. What a bill! That's nice. two great nice. bands. Oh yeah, Rival Sons is like my all-time like favorite band. So getting tour with them was pretty. Did you great. tell Whiskey Myers that when you're touring with them? I mean, <laughs> uh, some of the guys. Yeah. Do you yeah. know those guys? Like, are like they're in from Palestine? Did I pronounce that correctly? Palestine. Yeah, yeah that's Texas? right. That's right. I know a few of them. I've, I've, uh, Tony Kent, I've known for a lot of years. He lives in a, a small town about 20 minutes from me, and his brother had a band in high school. Um, quite there, he's way older than I am, but I knew his, of his brother. And so I've known Tony, uh, for a while. He's the percussionist in whiskey. Uh, I met all the whiskey guys when I was like way younger, you know, just okay. going to shows and meeting them. But, wow. uh, okay, right on. But yeah. Cool. How did you get on that tour? They just ask you or? Uh, we're on the same management uh, as Whiskey, and we, uh, we're we both on CAA. I think all of us, actually, Rival Sons and uh, Whiskey are all three CAA uh, booking artists, and so it just is easier when, you know, all your bands are on the same booking. It's one agent calls the other, and, and it really helps when you're on the same management company, so that's how we've been able to get a lot of these Whiskey Myers shows coming up, so. Yeah, and you guys were even at the Firewater Festival this last year, weren't you? Oh, yes, yeah, sir, yeah. Really cool. With uh, our buddies in Goodbye June and, and Blackberry Smoke. And then, oh, yeah. That's where we met Tyler. That's where oh, we okay. met Tyler. Yeah. We had a couple of runs with them in uh, Little Rock in Arkansas and then Fort Smith. And uh, me and Tyler hit it off pretty good, both being lead guitar players, I guess. And um, I just basically, like, annoyed him to the point <laughs> where he uh, was like, all right, damn, I'll, I'll produce the record, you know. And so we <laughs> – he, we have a new record coming out, 420, and he produced the whole thing, and uh, we can go off the deep end into that later on. But Yeah, we'll yeah. definitely get into that and the Tyler Baker connection because, you know, we've had Tyler on a few times and uh, yeah, yeah. hung out with him a little bit when they were when they were on the Whiskey Myers tour last summer. So cool. certainly good dude. He's a good dude to be friends with. Oh, yeah, yeah. he is. Did, uh, did you guys uh, uh, run into the guys from Them Dirty Roses at all, get to see them play? You yeah. Know, know yeah, those we, guys at all? We've oh, done yeah. a couple. Them. we they were on that fort smith show right. there was okay. us and by june and them and then we cool. played with them dirty roses at a venue here in texas called hanks um those are a bunch of cool guys as well yeah yeah they've been on a few times yeah I mean, that's, that, that is a those are good bands for you guys to team up with it's very similar sounds and audiences and then you know yeah. they've established some pretty good crowds at the same time too that really gets you guys exposed to a wider wider range of people oh yeah absolutely so how, how did this band come together? Uh, so, so I have a studio here in Texas. It's at my house, and I produce for other bands and record for other bands when we're not playing. And uh, I didn't know Brock. Uh, we have a mutual uh, guy that we know, and Brock had just moved down to Texas, and he was playing shows acoustically, and this guy said, hey, you should go in and record some of your own songs. I have a guy's studio. Here's his name. And at the time, I wasn't playing with any bands. I was just uh, just producing and doing the studio stuff a lot and staying off the road. And uh, Brock came in, and did, we recorded a couple songs, and I liked them. And I showed him a couple of songs that I had just sitting in the pocket, you know, just not doing anything with. And um, we hit it off, and I told him I had some guys that I knew that, you know, we could build, build a band. And... And this was during COVID, so, you know, none of the venues were open. Nobody was playing, so that was the time if we were going to build to start building, and we did. Mm -hmm. We just started writing a bunch, 
and then having tryouts and uh, found a bunch of guys that were interested in the project just as much as we were. And uh, Cody, Cody Simpson, the front of house engineer for Whiskey Myers, funny story, we're friends on Facebook and he put out a post and he said, um, I'm doing some free masters for, uh, you know, for artists this month. And uh, cause they were off the road cause of COVID. And so I messaged him. I was like, Hey, me and Brock just finished up the stuff. He has no idea who I am. Um, I don't know who he is really just sent over the demo. And uh, he was like, I'm really into this. And, uh, I want to come back down and I want to help you guys get some shows. I want to kind of help reproduce some of the ideas that you sent me. And, and he did, and we uh, put him out and uh, he started getting us some shows and he's kind of the one that got us off the ground and got us in front of the right people and got us established from the beginning. So, so yeah. So Brock, for you, it sounds, said you moved down to Texas. Where were you before? I was from Missouri. Um, I, Moved to Texas in 2019 for football, and then COVID happened, so I was going to go back home, and I was actually splitting time between – my mom lives in Tulsa, so I was staying in Tulsa, and I would drive down here on the weekends to hang out with my buddies, and, you know, just – I didn't really want to leave Texas, so I started playing acoustic shows and then um, met Holden, and one of my buddies at the time was building a house, so he was like, hey, man, I got a, got an extra room. Like, if you want to rent it, you can stay with me, so – that's how it happened. So what's it, the vibe like in, in Fort Worth and Dallas too, as far as uh, original bands or shows or what's it like there? There's, there's a lot more music that's starting to pop up, like, especially in Fort Worth. Um, the music scene is, is definitely growing. There's a lot of people that are, you know, writing their own songs and starting these little bands that are playing all around the stockyards. And, um, a lot There's of song some, swaps, though. Yeah, it is a lot of acoustic, like, mm-hmm. smaller settings, you know, more intimate, like, song swaps and stuff like that. But the music scene is definitely growing. You said you came down for football? Yes, sir. College football? Pro football? What kind of fo- flag football? College. <laughs> uh, college football. I was playing small school in Waxahachie, which is about 30 minutes south of Dallas. Um, and then COVID happened, and it's just a good opportunity to not play anymore. <laughs> I was, what, what was your position? Wide receiver. Oh, nice. All right, there you go. Yes, sir. And did you do music? Were you musical, like, when you were in high school and stuff, or is this something new to you? Kind of. Um, my family's very musically inclined, so it's always something that I kind of did, but I never really paid that much attention to it. And then during quarantine, I, uh, my buddy and I were quarantined in a three-quarter trailer on his on his ranch, and we were just like, you know what, let's just start playing guitar again. So just kind of something we did every day, and then uh, once everything opened back up, I ended up running to that mutual buddy of ours that we were telling you about, and he asked me to play a couple shows and I did those. And then three shows later, I went out and met Holden. So Holden, you picked your, as your lead singer, a dude who's never really had a history playing music. Uh, yeah, it was a little interesting. Uh, it still is, you know, I mean, we're like getting, we're, uh, I, I'd been in, in bands and played with, with artists, but I'd never kind of had the role of like owning my own business because essentially that's what this is and mm-hmm. um I, you know i've never been i've never had the reins really you know 
Um, and so, and Brock, you know, he, he's as green as they come as far as like the production and the business aspect of music. And, and um, so, yeah, it was a little bit, it's stressful. It still is because we're, we're playing on a scale that not a lot of people that play for 30 years even get to be on. I mean, there's a right. lot of time, there's yeah. a lot of bands that have played their whole life and have never stepped foot in a 20,000 capacity uh, arena, you know, and, and one of our, you know, first year, last year was our first year. And, you know, we're, we're getting a bills on the bills with whiskey Myers. And it's like, here you go. You know, it's sink or it's swim. Amazing. It's yeah. sink or swim. And so far we've, we've been, we've built a pretty good lifeboat and we're hanging on, but um, it's still stressful, of- you know, there's a lot of moving parts that we're still trying to learn. And we've got a great management team. I mean, Eric is our day, our, our, our guy. He hates being called day to day, but I talk to him on a day to day. And uh, he's, he's, um, we'd be lost without him. And so he's doing yeah. his job and he's helping us out and he's helping us navigate, you know, through the, through the blind, you know, stuff that we haven't been through yet. So um, it's yeah. good. Stressful growing pains you know that we're still going through i mean because when this started we were both you know 20 year old kids we're just like all right here you go so there's a lot of learning curves that we're dealing with and definitely a lot of growing pains but like he said we have a really good management team that you know helps us out whenever we need and goes above and beyond so we're we're very fortunate yeah i I have to you know obviously agree with that what you know, in so soon in your career, you guys get to learn from Whiskey Myers and from and from uh, Rival, Rival Sons, Sons. and, and yeah. then from Tyler and Goodbye June. Can you put that into words at all? I mean, what 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 do you learn from that? What do those those guys teach you about being a band on the road? Um, you know, the Rival Sons guys are like some really big eye openers for me because, like I said, they're one of my all time favorite bands. So there was a lot of nerve going into it. You know, you you always I guess probably most bands when they go play with one of their favorite bands, they worry, you know, are these guys going to be cool? Are they going to like us? Are they going to like our music? You know, what are they going to think? That's what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. What are they going to think about us? And so um, I learned that, you know, to me, they're one of the most badass bands on the face of the planet earth right now. And so they were the most cool band that we've ever played with, like some of the most cool guys. And so for us, it's like, it's good to know that there are bands out there that are that good and that professional and that can still be cool. Cause there's a yeah. lot of people that aren't cool. Um, you know, and Jay, the singer, Jay Buchanan basically sat us down and was like, you know, you're playing with the big boys and, you know, take every opportunity that you can. You guys deserve to be here. You're a great band. And, you know, that's good to hear, you know, so, wow. um, it, 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 everybody's just been encouraging, you know, everybody knows we're the new kids on the block and we kind of just have coming up from nowhere. Like nobody knows who we are still. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, um, in our hometown, there's a lot of this band skipped the steps. And it's like, well, yeah, we absolutely skipped steps, but um, wouldn't you? you know? yeah, right. Just, like, just, yeah. just jealous. Yeah, yes. man. So, so yeah. Um, but it's, it's cool to know that guys, when you're even even guys at that level can that can be that down to earth and that uh like encouraging every night they were on our bus and just telling us you know how badass we were and how much that tour meant to them and so you've had a bus not even like a little van you had a bus well we've got a we've got a big diesel rv yeah okay yeah yeah it's a big like big class c like 18 wheeler front end that we drive around yeah yeah we don't have a driver we all take turns we we take driving that big thing around we have no did you crew. Have to get a, 
special endorsement on your driver's license to drive that. No. Nope. Well, that's a gray area. Yeah. <laughs> we're told. Uh, I don't know Texas lo- driving laws really well, so I'm going to trust neither you. Neither do we. Let's just <laughs> keep our brake lights, our bulbs replaced. Just no reason to get pulled over, right? Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's- we don't want to find out what happens. Yeah. We guy who has the knowledge and he said basically just don't don't drive like an idiot you know don't do anything wrong (laughs) yeah you'll be all right so a whole lot better to ask for forgiveness than permission on that one (laughs) (laughs) that's true well it's you know the the rate you guys are going you're gonna you're gonna have your own driver and tour bus too because again it is for a band that's not been around very long to playing those bills and with those bands and those size arenas, just incredible. And Brock, so going back over to you, kind of continue on this conversation is you're new to playing music and you're new to all this. Like how did, how did you feel doing all that? Like you're basically stepping up past the club stage into these theaters. It was pretty crazy. I mean, I still have trouble believing a lot of it, if I'm going to be honest. Um, Like, Obviously, no stage fright, right? Because, like, you're going from the football field to a, to a stage. Honestly, there really isn't. Like, it's – I always was told, like, if you're not nervous and it doesn't really mean anything. So there's definitely nerves, but it's more of, like, I'm excited. It's not an anxious nervous. Like, if I were to get, you know, stage fright, I'd freak out. You know, I'd go up there and I wouldn't know what to do. And, you know, it'd, it'd take a long time to kind of catch my groove. But – I just, you know, I get out there and I'm try to realize how fortunate I am. So just go out we there and make still have fun. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I think if Holden do, if made him play least. a small show. He would. That he might be nervous. Then won't be used to it. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I. I. Uh, we've we've had some shows where there's been like six people there. We've had some uh, some horrible <laughs> ones. I mean, we've definitely had some shows that have been horrible. That have been like you know, go home and contemplate life. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so bad. You know, every band's gonna have those, and we're, I guarantee we're gonna have a lot more. Um, but yeah, he, Brock doesn't get nervous. It's kind of crazy, actually, because I'm a nervous wreck before uh, every show. Like I, I'm, I'm nervous about all the guys taking turns driving the bus. I'm nervous about <laughs> gears stopping working in the middle of the set. Um, I'm worried that we're not gonna have a long enough sound check. Like my problem is, is I'm the, uh, I'm the worry guy, you know. But <laughs> we we try to. T- everything like a good cop bad cop kind of vibe so he's the one who's always like freaking out and i'm like hey man like we're all good like we're here let's just have a good time he's you know yeah, i'm always- probably enjoying the opportunity because i'm worried about something going wrong during the opportunity <laughs> you're worrying for everybody else yeah, yeah exactly we're, done, we're exactly. all like look like that was so cool and he's like yeah that was cool but what if this would have happened like look like, <laughs> like come on man just enjoy it i, I definitely still have fun I still have fun here lately. Like now that I can, in the beginning, I was really nervous, but like now that we're starting to get, the problem is, is we tour just long enough. We get the gears turning and greased up and then boom, it comes to a stop. And then we're off for two, three, maybe even a month, six weeks. And then we go back out and it takes, takes a minute to get that momentum back built back up. And then once we kind of get a system down and figured out, boom, it all just stops again. Cause we're not big enough to like keep a steady tour or be for you know a main support enough so it's like we're still trying to it's we can't get in the groove it's hard to just stay in a in a mm-hmm. you know we're, a well we're just, organized groove yeah we're just taking the steps that we can at this point yeah 
So you guys have a new record coming out. We want to talk about that, you know, uh, just start from when it was a twinkle in your eye to completion and, you know, what did you have some of it already in mind before you met Tyler? Let's just let's talk about this new record. Uh, so, yeah, we uh, we went out to a couple runs with them. We were actually we were all playing Firewater, them Dirty Roses, Goodbye June and the Weathered Souls. So our manager or our booking agency got together and said, hey, let's do like a run of shows on the way up to Firewater. So it's not a one off. Um, and it was with Goodbye June and Them Dirty Roses. And uh, like I said, we just hit it off well with Tyler and we had already had the record was pretty much. The song choice had already been like as far as on me and Broxy end established. Yeah, it's like these are the songs we want to do. Um, and I played, I sent, we, we, we built Tyler a, a list and sent it to him so he could listen to all the songs. And um, Brock and I actually went to Nashville and pre did a pre-production uh, week with Tyler. And we just went over all the songs and kind of made slight changes before getting the guys in the studio. He wrote a new and, one. Uh, yeah, we wrote a couple new songs uh, with Tyler. Um, uh, they actually are pretty damn good. I can't wait to get the record out, but uh, yeah, I mean, it went great. Uh, the songs, the songs were definitely, we had a couple that we weren't going to release. We kind of had, it was like, uh, you know, I don't know about these. And Tyler was listening to them one time and he's like, what are y'all talking about? Like, these are going on the record. Like, it's like, man, I don't know. Are you sure? And I, obviously we're paying him because we trust him. That's why we wanted him. Um, we're, I'm a huge good Bob June fan. So. Oh yeah. Um, that last album know. was incredible. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. So you know, we took his advice and we we put we did everything that Tyler said do. We even cut a few guitar solos, um, which hurt my soul. <laughs> I'm a guitar player. Uh, so uh, yeah, man, it was it was great. Um, I'm sure Brock, you probably want to add some stuff in. Yeah, it was, it was super beneficial because a lot of those songs we've been sitting on since the day the band started, and like we we've done all of our up until like these last few songs um we've done all the production and all that stuff ourselves holding it mixes it and he'll master it so it's it's it was really beneficial for us to go up there and have a different set of ears from somebody mm -hmm. else's perspective to tell us like you know what sounds better like how could we improve on these things because we've heard them for so long we've been playing them at all these shows um yeah. and they kind of wore on us you know it's like we well, hear yeah, the same sorry i'm bad about no. that you're good. Um, you know, once we hear the same thing over and over again, we kind of lose ideas to it. So it was really beneficial for us to go up there and get an extra pair of ears and somebody who's got that much experiences as Tyler and um, the rest of the Goodbye June guys and, and Nate. Um, it was it was super beneficial and we're really excited with the with the end product and we're just ready to get it out. Yeah, we basically like sat for two years and just wrote, you know, abundance of songs. Um and when you're when you're part of the writing process and then you're part of the production process and then you're part of the recording process and then you're mixing it and then you're mastering it, you get too involved with the project. And so it was like, Brock, like, I can't do this. We're, we're tired. It felt that felt stagnant because we're too involved with our own music. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. We needed like yeah. outsider perspective yeah. to kind of just somebody else to just rely on instead of relying on ourselves. If this is good, is this how it's supposed to be? You know, it's like, man, we, can we just we, lean on somebody else for, for, for change? Sure, so that's what sure. Tyler was. He was the guy that I'm sure he, we stressed him the hell out. Me personally, you know, we're, <laughs> it's good we're for in the him. Record, 
we're recording a, a record in a week, you know, in Nashville and 12 days and it's a grind, you know, so After long, it just became like, we really just focused on the songs that we were trying to write because there was so much more that had to go into it on our end. So it was, it was good to go up there and be able to, like he said, rely on somebody else. Like, okay, we don't have to mix this, you know, we don't have to go up there and press R and space bar and get everything lined out. And like, it was just, it was a really cool experience and it made it about, I mean, for us, it made it about the music again. Like we could focus on the song that we were trying to cut and how we wanted it to speak to people and speak to us. So it was really cool to go up there and have fun. Well, Holden, you kind of answered part of my next question. It's kind of a two-part question is, um, how did uh, Tyler get involved? Did, did you guys ask him? Did he ask? Was it organic? And second of all, what did you see as his role in the project? Was he deeply involved? Was there times where he just sat back and listened? How did that all come about and work? Uh, the first couple shows that we played with him, the first one was in Fort Smith, and that's when uh, Goodbye or Them Dirty Roses was on the bill. And uh, I talked to Tyler a little bit before the show. I always kind of just like to sit back and watch like how a band is and kind of figure out who the leader is and kind of you know, like who's, who's the guy in, in the bands that we play with? Uh, because like, I'm kind of our tour manager. So I like to just make sure that we're not getting in their way, making sure that like I can be as prepared for the night as, as possible. And so the first night I just kind of felt it out and we talked and had a good conversation and realized really quick that all those guys are super nice. Um, there, there wasn't anything to worry about there. Um, I talked to him about his new record and told him, you know, how much of a fan I was and I loved the sound and I wanted to know who produced it, like who wrote specific songs I wanted to know who the hell was the ACDC fan. And at the time, that <laughs> yeah, was right? not Everybody's a good thing to say. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of my favorite bands. Angus Young is one of my favorite guitar players. But I, they uh, they don't – well, I'm not going to say – I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I shouldn't have asked him that because I felt <laughs> like I, I was a little bit of offense. I, I didn't want to offend anybody, and I didn't mean to do that. But, you know, when you put out a record and it sounds like something, when you've got a thousand other people, that's what they keep telling you, you don't want to hear it again. And so um, I did not know that, wasn't aware, but they were super cool about it. And um, Firewater. But they do. They have the elements of ACDC that makes them. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're not trying to emulate. We had that conversation with Tyler. And I think it's it's a complimentary. Yeah, it's a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. And so Firewater was the next night. And it was a three in a rower. And Firewater, I don't ever drink. And I was definitely drinking at Firewater and Tyler was drinking. And uh, <laughs> and uh, me and me and Tyler just stood out there and we talked, I swear, for probably three hours about this record. And uh, I was like, dude, I really want you to come on. And he's like, OK, I'll come on. But if I'm doing this, like. I wait and we're going to you have to like you have to you have to trust me if I'm going to do it because that's what you're, that's my whole objective. And I was like, no, I get it. I, and his role, his, I wanted him to basically take all of our songs that we had as a whole that were already demoed, make any changes to the structure, to the tones, to the words, to the, any part. If there was, he, if there was a, anything he thought could be better, um, let's change it. If you think it can be better and make the song more beneficial, let's change it. And there was a lot of changes and everything for the better. And I didn't agree. We didn't agree with every change, which, you know, we're not going to. Um, if we if we would have agreed with every change, then we wouldn't have stayed true to some of the things that really, you know, meant a lot to us in the music. So and I'll, I'll say 80 percent of the things that Tyler said we we went with. There are a few things it's like, man, we can't take that out. 
and which yeah. he respected a lot. He respected if, you know, if, if we're willing to stand up and say, look, man, this has to stay. Then he's like, okay, I respect that. So, so yeah, he was, he was a big role and Nate was too, um, which is the guy that engineered the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the record that was at his studio. And uh, I think Nate's been a big part of Goodbye June's records as well. I'm, I'm not going to say exactly what, but I think he's been involved in all of them. Um, so yeah, it's a good guy. He was a good guy to have, um, you know, as well. Yeah, he he fit the role perfectly. So, uh, Holden, you mentioned earlier being the tour manager. Um, how much of a DIY approach do you guys have? Because you mentioned earlier being on the same, are you in the same booking agency as the other bands, or what was that earlier? We're on the same booking agency, uh, CAA, uh, Creative Artist Agency. Um, uh, out of they're out of California, I think Los Angeles, but they're like one of the biggest booking agents uh, in in the United States, as far as I know, they got a ton of huge bands on there, like from Beyonce to Chris Stapleton, Allison Chains. I mean, they've got a huge list of names. And then our management company is Why and How. And so they just kind of, they work hand in hand with our booking agency. And, and um, as far as like when we're on the road, yeah, that's, I'm kind of the guy that's, you know, getting, making sure we get paid. I'm counting in the merch numbers. Um, um, just because we want to, we want to make as much money as possible right now and, uh, put everything that we can back. So we have no crew. It's just six band members and there's six of us on the road. Right. So you're so, basically uh, the, the road manager as well. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Just making sure yeah. that everything's kind of organized on the road. And so, yeah. Brock going to you, like going in and recording a record, recording in Nashville, recording with an established artist, not really having this, this big music background. Like what, what is that like for you? Man, it was definitely eye-opening because um, like we were talking about earlier, everything that we'd done studio-wise up until that point was at home. Like it was mm-hmm. it was all of us together in, in Holden's home studio. Um, so it, it went from being like super relaxed to like, I thought there was going to be a lot more added pressure. Like the equipment was, like that was one of the reasons why we went because there was no shortage of equipment. Like we, mm-hmm. we knew anything that we could have possibly needed was going to be within arm's reach being in Nashville. Um, so it was really, it was really opening to see all that. Um, what, what we're kind of used to on an amplified level, like everything else was there, like everything you could imagine. Um, it was just very surreal. Um, well, you were sick too. So that added a lot of pressure. Yeah, I, My body hates me, man. It's like every time something big going on, three or four days before I'll, I'll get a nasty cold. So we got up there and sure enough on the, on the bus drive up there, I'm starting to look around at the guys and like, dude, I think I'm getting sick and woke up that first day. Couldn't breathe. Like my throat was all scratchy. And I was, I had a pretty nasty cold for the first three or four days we were there. Um, so that I was pretty worried about that, but it didn't, it ended up going away and we were able to make the most out of the record. So it was it was unique that's for sure was it you know did you have to repeat a lot of songs and do a lot of parts over and over again i mean it's a, it's a lot for a singer oh yeah um, you just took it easy the first four days and let us get the music done which we live tracked the yeah. record we, we live tracked the music on this record so did you scratch vocals or did you guys just all play yeah. the instruments together so, okay yeah 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 so with the live track yeah. aspect i yeah. would do scratch, and i would mm-hmm. sing along while they were tracking so they knew where they were in the song all the timing yeah yeah um, yeah so i was just 
really, like you said, I was taking it easy for those first few days, you know, knowing that vocals were typically going to be the last thing that we're always going to do on a record. So I knew I had time. Um, so on days that I felt better, I would go in there and I would do some scratch tracks. And if I felt confident about one, we would keep it. And if like whenever we would get, get our way back to that song later in the week when it was time to do vocals, if I felt good with that take, we would keep it. If not, I would go in and comp the parts that I didn't like. Um, but there was a lot of repetitiveness, that's for sure. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, you my, find out how much you really love a song when you play it 37 times in <laughs> an afternoon. Right? Or if you're playing, I know Brian's got a question. I'm going to intercede here real fast. <laughs> but if you're playing live together, which one? I, I've done three records, like all live together like that. I think it's just the sound, the energy is always better. But, dude, somebody screws up bad enough to where you can't punch that then, then you get a little mad because everybody, oh, yeah. you know, that was me on day like five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you've got like two badass takes and there's still the same guy fucking up in the yep. same spot. It's like. On, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah. The studio top me personally, like I love the studio. That's where I spend all my time every day. I'm in my studio every day, all day long. And, uh, that's where I feel like I'm my best like musician because I can just be creative. I know there's nobody there. It's not a one take done. Like I can just spend as long as I need to. And like, really, um, you know, that's just where I, I feel like I'm the best musician. Um, I don't know about Brock. He's, I think he definitely likes the live show better. hundred yeah. percent. Um, it's, it's more of like an adrenaline thing. Like I do best when there's people there to watch it, you know, it's like it, the studio is a process and it's great. Super beneficial. It's just like, to me, there's just nothing better than finishing a, a good song. It's like you finish a good song. Like to me, like that feels better than a crowd standing up cheering. That's just me though. Yeah. Um, I'm, way I enjoy that, but I'm like, as soon as we finish it, I'm ready to go play it for somebody. Yeah. Like, I'm same, same here. Same. So how do you guys know what my next question is always going to be? <laughs> Besides the obvious of the audience and all that, like what, What's the difference between the live setting and the studio as far as are there times where if you're you're rehearsing in pre-production and a song is working and then you get in production or get into the studio recording is can that be like how come this isn't sounding the same? And then like when you get on the live stage, is there ever something that sounded better in the studio or it translates different on stage? How does all that play out? Yeah, we've had a couple songs that we've, there was a song called Lightning Bolt that we, uh, we went to like three different studios or we went to my studio. Uh, we went to a buddy studio up in Austin and then we recorded it somewhere else some of the time. I don't remember. And we played it live a bunch. You know, it was, it, it got some decent reaction live. Um, but yeah, there's definitely times where some things just don't translate in a studio like you, like you want them to. And, you know, yeah. our kind of, our, our thought process behind that was like, you know, if, if we can, we can record a song more than once and it still doesn't move anybody, you know, then it, it, it doesn't make the cut. And I, you know, actually that song we haven't even played and uh, ever since that, since we realized that it's just, it's, 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 it's non-existent now, you know, basically. So that does happen. As far as this record, it was actually interesting. We put a couple of songs on there that we'd put on the chopping block because they didn't translate live. And uh, we'll just tell you that song. It's going to come out called Reap What You Sow. It's the last song on our record. Right. Um, we played that at one of our first song, uh, shows with Whiskey Myers and bombed it on day two. It's the last song in the set. 
something happened and it just like we felt we bombed it looking back it wasn't that bad nobody really notices but to us right, it was like right. the end of the world so we cut it and never played it again and then tyler i accidentally sent him the wrong mp3 file and it was a reap instead of another song i was trying to send him and he's like this is going on the record and then now like we went to the studio and cut it and it was like holy shit like why have we not been playing this all it's it's definitely my favorite song yeah, it's killer. I, I like it. So, ten songs on, on this record. That's getting ready to come out here. Yes, sir. How many? So you said you had all these records ready to go, or the songs ready to go. What did you add to the studio, and what did you take out? Because you said you wrote a couple at the studio. We wrote a couple in pre-production um, before we went to the studio. Brock and I flew to Nashville and just worked on all, all the little kinks okay. out and all the songs with Tyler. And that's when. Um, there was a few songs that were questioned on the record, a couple of them. I don't even remember what songs they were. Um, and, and me and Brock and Tyler were just kind of picking around. And Tyler's like, I kind of had this lick right here. And cool, I like that. Let's play along with that. And then we just busted out some lyrics that Brock and Tyler did, I think. I'm not really a lyrical guy. Every now and then I'll, I'll do some lyrics. But I'm, I'm really the music behind the Weathered Souls. Um, 100%. So... Uh, so yeah, we just kind of, it just happened, you know, we just sat down and wrote a couple songs. It's like, Hey, is good by June going to use these or can the weather souls yeah. use these? And it's like, y'all take them. So yeah, really organic. Um, it's, and that's actually one of the ones that we wrote is actually close second favorite. Um, cause it's, it's, a, it's got a funny story behind it too. And I'll have to, I'll save it for when the record actually drops and you know what song I'm talking about, but. Um, yeah, it was just really organic. You know, we, we got up there to, like you said, work out the kinks and Tyler had had a couple of licks and he ended up revising the lick to another song that we had already had. So it ended up working itself out really, really well. Um, yeah. And, and Brock, it sounds like you got a chance to do a little acoustic number on there. Yeah. Um, not that song that, uh, the acoustic song that's on the record, it's, it's a little tough to play and sing. So. <laughs> that's that's the holding over there shredding those strings but um, yeah 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 our our live shows now will have some acoustic aspects where i'll get to play again but a little nervous not gonna lie i've <laughs> car in front of people but we'll be all right so obviously we're still you know we're not that far removed from uh the passing away of gary rossington like what, what how did that affect you guys at all uh were you guys uh big skinner fans or gary rossington fans we're gonna we're gonna be doing like a, a, skinner... a whole series of tribute episodes throughout the summer so you gotta ask i'm that. a skinner fan uh i wouldn't say like i'm a die hard like a lot of people around the area are um i'm my favorite skinner song is on the hunt it's a deep track oh, um, yeah it's a deep track i i uh I'm a music snob, uh, straight up. Like I'm so picky about what I listen to, and I'm I'm the type of guy that uh, I will listen to the whole record. But you got to like grab me in like 30 seconds of a song. I'm like skip. So I've listened to 30 seconds, and I don't like the lick or something. I'm like boop next. I'm the same way, brother. Um, but I, uh, I I have a bad habit of once I find something, I'm gonna listen to it until I hate it, and then I'm gonna move on. <laughs> I'm going to listen to that till I hate it. And then I'm going to move on. And then I'll, it just all come makes full circle again. So right now I'm on a Marcus King kick though. I mean, his new record. Oh, is in, yeah. Hey, man. So I'm a huge black keys fan too. So I can hear Dan Auerbach like production. I can hear it on the drums, the percussion, the 
vocal layers. So I, it's really that record right now is just the brand new Marcus King is insane. Everything Check out it. the Doomsday Outlaw record, Damaged Goods. Hold oh, on. yeah. I think you might. Do you know those guys? So Damaged Goods yeah. is the record name? Yeah, it's the name of the record from Doomsday Outlaw. Doomsday Outlaw. You write it down. Check it out. They're like a hard rock. They're from the UK. They're hard rock okay. with blues and southern rock. You might really dig them. There's some. It's a good guitar rock record. Nice. We had those guys on a couple of weeks ago. At least the lead singer and lead guitar player. Um, kind of like you guys. Sweet. Nice. So, Brock, yeah, who's, who's uh, knocking you out musically? Like uh, Holden mentioned, Marcus yeah. King. Who do you got? I, I'm not even gonna lie. I've definitely been on some Marcus King lately as well. Um, cool. He, he's just a he's a freak of nature, man. It's oh, it's for not sure. Um, but definitely, I've been listening to a lot more Rival Sons lately since we've since we played with them. Um, it was just really cool to hear them live. They're just as good live, if not better. As <laughs> they, which is it's mind boggling that there's people out there that can do what they do. Um, but yeah, definitely. A lot of rock bands, a lot of Marcus King. I'm also the, I'm more of a country guy. Um, so I listen to a lot of like Jason Isbell, John Moreland, singer Stonger. Oh, Jason Isbell is great though. I mean, he's, he's a mix of everything, like Americana, country, rock. He's got a lot of oh, yeah. blues going on, you know? Yeah. Have you seen the new documentary on HBO? I was literally, I had it pulled up last night and I ended up watching Jurassic Park instead, but. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> which jurassic park at least did you watch oh, i won't lie it was jurassic world with chris pine and uh gosh what's like that the, guy? was it the, the newest Re one like the one that just came out no no it's the, the, the third to last one it's okay. the first the first newish one yeah three like, movies ago it was the yeah, third yeah at some point jurassic park and fast and furious are going to make enough <laughs> sequels they're going to interchange with each other then Jurassic World 2057. <laughs> but honestly, I would watch them. The Fast and the Jurassic. I would totally watch that. <laughs> Mixed with Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hell of a crossover franchise. I probably would like it. You know, it's. Yeah. <laughs> if it was Ben Diesel and the Rock riding dinosaurs, racing dudes and dragsters. I mean, come on. Yeah, with Optimus Prime falling down. Optimus Prime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood, if you're listening, this script sells itself. And all yeah. four of us are co-producers so, at this point. It's all right. Here's your intake, your Adderall before you go, because you're not going to be knowing what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just uh, mail us our, our checks. We want 30. Right. <laughs> so Texas is in, in the South, and we can say that that's part of Southern Rock. But it always seems to me like Texas has its own thing going on. Whether it's it rock and roll or blues, you guys, you guys are there. What do you say about that? We we are not trying to be in that. You know, we're trying to because it's definitely like Texas country. Texas has its own kind of style of music, and you never really know what you're gonna get. You know, you got guys that are just like straight, you know, old fashioned country, and then you got guys that are more like, you know, punky, um, Americana, like, red dirt. Yeah, Red Dirt. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that kind of conglomerate. There's so many subgenres in Texas, but the yeah. problem is, is once you get in one of those subgenres, you're still boxed in as Texas country. So we've been yeah. like pretty much from the beginning, we're not getting in that box. 
You don't yeah. sound anything like country. You guys are a rock band with blues and southern influence. But more yeah, we had some country anything. stuff out, but we pulled it. You know, <laughs> some of the first stuff that was out was super That's country. That's Brock's I'm guessing, being the country yeah, guy. It's, and exactly don't that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty much was Brock's fault. Yeah. I was, I will say, I was the kind of, I was the last guy to get on the rock train. But once we started um, implementing more of it into the set, I was like, man, this is way more fun to play. And then Holden finally came around right? and he was like, yeah, from day one, he's like, I've been trying to get the guitar out of your hands and let's play some more rock. It worked. Yeah, it's like he's got an acoustic guitar in his hands. He can't rock and roll. And so we pretty much one song at a time. I kept writing and just one song at a time, taking those songs that had an acoustic guitar off the set. Those new songs with no acoustic guitar got added to the set. Next thing you know, we're a rock band. Brock's like, what happened? You know? <laughs> Honestly, I'm not mad about it. It's been easy to adapt. Um, and it's like we said, playing with these guys, it's been easy to learn, you know? Um, I get to I got to watch JB Cannon for two weeks, took a lot of notes. Um, and even Cody Cannon, like it's they've got a lot to a lot to teach. And I don't have to sit down with them for hours at a time and, you know, kind of pick their brain. All I have to do is pay attention. So it's not bad. One of the goals of this podcast is something I kind of see coming around a little more. Whiskey Myers is a perfect example that there's not so much of a huge uh, degrees of separation between rock and roll, country, blues, even if you want to say gospel, soul, whatever, that, that those kind of genres are more, you know, not so separated. You know, of course, there's like the super duper uber pop country stuff, but, you know, I just see like, you know, more artists like you can't put them in country. You can't, you can't just put them in country. You can't just put them in rock and roll. Yeah. That's what I see. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. We, I mean, yeah. that's yeah, beneficial because you know it shows um that's why yeah. yeah we aren't we aren't afraid to put a slow song on a record because then it just shows that range you know like we can do this but we can also do this but it all ties together either way it's going to be the weathered souls yeah um, you're never going to be able to like pull the texas out of me and so there's a lot of that music kind of pulls in because of the what i what my parents have always listened to i mean my parents were my dad listened to everything from Pearl Jam to uh, local Texas country, Pat Green, Daryl Dodd, you know, like, so I, I grew up on, on, on a huge wide, like spectrum of country and rock. Um, so I think that that's a lot of people here in Texas, you know, you got people listening to Skinner, but you also got people that love George Strait, not me. I'm just going to put that out there. Not a straight fan. I, honestly, I'm not a country. I'm not, I'm not a country guy. Like I, I, I've been around so much of it. Like it's, uh, I mean, it's just not my thing. But you're never gonna be able to get that out of me. I catch myself doing like twangy licks. You know, it's I, I, it's it's in my soul now because I've been here so long. So that that's I think that's where that southern aspect you know comes in. We just are, we don't want to teeter on that fine line of Texas country because just you're automatically almost in the box just because you're from Texas. You're in Texas. Yeah. You're halfway there already from the start. So depending on how that, how that music that you start releasing, like who gets a hold of it, which I guess there's no, no publicity. No, there's no such thing as bad publicity, you know, but we still like, we want to be able to play nationally we found that if you get sucked into that box and we have friends that play 
but it's only they're they're making a career in Texas, which they're making a career, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. We just want to be, we want to get out and a show in New York and pull as many people as if we were exactly. You know, we want to get back to Kalamazoo, Michigan, for God's sake. Yes, yes, (laughs) yeah. Maybe not just go in the summer. Just go in the summer. Was a light because there was that storm coming in, so a bunch of people ended up not going. But hey, it was still a good time. We made the most out of it, and the people that showed up. Got to hear some rock and roll from three oh, yeah. vets. Yeah, br- bring your to act in Fargo, North Dakota, and then Columbus, Ohio, so Brian and I could see you guys. Fargo, I had a roommate at my first college that was from Fargo. He played baseball. Oh, really? We just God. we just played in Ohio. Where where were we at? Toledo. We played in Toledo. Oh my well, gosh! What it was club? Like Sixty mile an hour. It was a it was a arena. It was a hunt. Dang. Oh, a couple Saturdays ago then. Oh, it was about a, it was in February. Yeah. February. We've had uh, it's been real windy here. I don't know the, why. It's like every other weekend we get 60 mile per hour winds. We yeah. had our door ripped off the bus. Oh, geez. Not off the yeah, hinges. The, there, was right like off a, the hinges. there was an arm that like holds it, like the hydraulic arm that makes it open slower. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wind did not like that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I put a sign on the door. It was like, strong wind, hold door. As soon as I open it up, boom, just <laughs> gone. Yeah. Like, were you, was that the Rival Sons gig you guys were playing? Oh, yeah. That was Rival Sons and Whiskey. Yeah. That was the yep. hunting center in Toledo, Ohio. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Man. Yeah. I also I've had the worst Toledo. Mexican food I've ever eaten in, in, in Toledo, Ohio. Well, we you know what? Toledo, Ohio is really not known for Mexican food, man. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Don't even say yeah. We tried to warn you, bro. We tried. I mean, I'd been away from it too long. Like, I just needed some, and it was like $30 by myself, too, for some stupid reason. And it was just, where did yeah. you eat? Where did you go? I don't remember what it was called. You should like have just a local it joint was, or something. It was right around the venue, about. like walking distance. And All me right. and my uh, the bass player, his name's Travis. We went and I took like one bite, and I was like, I ain't eating the rest of this. And he's like, yeah. I'm not either. They sat and went a whole bunch of money meanwhile our other guitarist dustin and i walked across the street to this little bar and we're drinking three dollar beers for an hour it's like you See? guys should come with us <laughs> probably got some free peanuts or popcorn or something with that yeah. too yeah Man, i don't drink so uh, it didn't sound like fun <laughs> you I one the- time go ahead brock oh i was just i was just poking fun at holden i brought him back a beer and he said he liked it so Nice. Well, my one time for me, Mexican food, we had a Mexican food restaurant that the other half of the building was an urgent care. So <laughs> nobody got sick, but they were prepared just in case. <laughs> half um, urgent care, half Mexican food restaurant. What a combo. It's, yep. It really makes they're a lot of sense. Food, they're ready for food poisoning at any time. <laughs> yeah. It's a great business model. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that sounds like a good segue for me to ask Jason is at that time of the show. Well, guys, um, usually at the end, we like to do our, our fun lightning round of stupid questions if you guys are up for it. Perfect. Okay. Uh, we'll start off with the same question for both of you here. So, uh, Brock, what's the first record that you remember getting, owning, buying yourself? Buying myself? Okay, I got to admit, I don't really come from the buying music era. I was That's a stream- fine. Yeah, I was a streaming some music kid um not even gonna lie it was adele's 21 record oh that's not bad at all that's yeah that's quality she's Who's a monster 21 adele oh adele i thought you said adele, adele's yeah. 21 all of like, her records are, 
was her 21 that record. shitty computer from 81? <laughs> <laughs> Got to get Adele. Yeah. Uh, Holden, for you, what was the first record you remember getting? Um, I remember I was probably 10. We had a Hastings. It was Shinedown's Us and Them. I think it's their second record. That's that's my – I remember going into the store myself and buying that and then not being 18. So my dad had to come in the store, and I was like, you got to buy the CD for me. And so that's that's what I remember. That was my first CD. I bought Seether, Karma and Effect, and Shinedown's Us and Them record at the same time. So You, you could buy a Seether and Shinedown are similar. Well, if it has explicit, if it has oh. explicit content in the CD, you can't be 18. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I that's 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 always. I've got some crazy vinyl collections now. Though I've got like original Hendrix Experience. Like I'm a collector wow. big time. Ooh. Oh yeah, no kidding. Is there a particular oh, yeah. uh, artist that you go after for vinyl, or just kind of whatever? Just whatever I love. Like I got lucky uh, finding that. It was just I saw it at a store and was like way too much money and i was like i think i want it it's unopened the hendrix experience well, you're, you're saving so. beer money since you don't drink so yes there you go it's all right Sorry. yeah yeah let's let's we'll let brock do that uh brock hey. we were talking whataburger and burger chains and texas what is your go-to whataburger order okay so i've got a couple all right. <laughs> like like a true football player there's multiple meals here uh they're all gonna point to me being um i eat like a so I either get the triple meat water burger. I don't like vegetables, so just meat and cheese. <laughs> they have this buffalo chicken strip sandwich that is really good. That's actually what I just ate uh, right before I jumped on this phone call. Or the honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich. Oh. And they also have a breakfast menu, but I'm not going to go into that. No, you don't <laughs> like the breakfast. You don't like the breakfast no, menu. Yeah, I, I just don't know how long I have for this question. Whatever you want, man. As long as you want. What's your what's your what's your breakfast order? Oh, dude, they got this thing called the breakfast burger. It's a patty, it's a fried egg, and then they put hash browns on it, and they got this creamy pepper sauce. It's so good. And then they have taquitos. I'll get some of those. And they have a honey honey butter chicken. Solid. That burger sounds good, Brian. What do you think? Oh, it sounds delicious. All right, holding for you. You said your dad introduce you all this music i'm gonna give you a multiple choice question with one okay. of the bands in there you you, you pick the one pearl jam allison change south garden pearl jam okay do you have a favorite pearl jam album uh 10 100 i'm a big the Dave drummer yeah. uh uh definitely like song that always stood out to me was jeremy that bass that's a 12 string bass like that blew my mind as a kid. I used to like fast forward to the end of that song just to hear that do 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 I mean I I would just repeat that ending for a hundred times. My parents thought I was like need to go to a psych ward. It's like how many times are you gonna listen to this? I'm like, y'all don't understand how badass this is, you know. So and you did become a bass player. I play all everything. You can give me an instrument, I can play I'll figure it out. He's a freak. Natural musical talent. I don't have any. My the rest of my family does. My son and daughter and wife all kind of are musically inclined. I'm not. I try. Yeah, I'm the only one in my family, which is weird, but yeah. I was better just like sports stuff, I'll be honest with you. I played, you know, that I picked that I stuff play, up a lot but easier I than music. 
I was just trying to get home from the game so I could go home and play my drum set, you know? <laughs> but dad's like, you didn't give it all you had today. It's like, yeah, because this shit sucks. It's 100 kids. I'm picking a soccer ball. Well, that's while you're playing soccer. That was the problem. I, I played everything, but I just – music has definitely been my thing, so. Okay. Brock, who's your favorite football team? <laughs> I'm a Patriots fan. Are you? How the hell are you from Missouri and now live in Texas and a Patriots fan? All right, all right. So – He's a Tom Brady fan. Okay. All right. But in 2004, when they were playing the Eagles in the Super Bowl, my brother, my older brother. Is that the brother, one where Donovan McNabb threw up in the field? Yeah. My yeah. brother choice before the game. He said, you can either pick the right team to root for or I'm going to hurt you. And, I, <laughs> and he didn't hurt me. So from then on, I've been a Patriots fan. Well, they also had a really long success record. So it's easy yeah. to be a Patriots fan. Exactly. But I was, I got in right, but like right when the dynasty first started. So I, you got I in, you got in for the tuck roll. Yeah. Yeah. Against the Raiders. Watch so, that game, so fumble or incomplete pass, which are, which are calling that complete pass, man. <laughs> That's because you're a fan. That's because you're that's a fumble. <laughs> Listen, I grew up in Cincinnati. I'm a Bengals guy, and like I've had very little to root for until recently. So I can't make I can't make fun of anybody. We drove right through that stadium. I got it on video. It was like the practice facilities right there, and then that big ass stadium was right there. It was really cool. So were you coming to Ohio, from Ohio to Kentucky or Kentucky to Ohio? We we're like we're on some huge bridge that was double layered. Double yeah, layered yeah, bridge. Yeah, the Prince, Prince bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Ohio. Yeah. That is a beautiful skyline when you come in down the awesome. hill around the bend and you see, oh, six, yeah. oh man, did you come was, at night or daytime? It was during the day. So it was super okay. cool. We could see everything. It's at was, night is, it's so much more awesome, man. When you see that uh, at night. Oh yeah, I was cool. born in Louisville, Kentucky, and I lived really? there for, I lived there for my first Figures. three. I did another year in sixth grade. So I got all these Kentucky it. guys and Kentucky bands. It's like, an, it's like a, it's a pandemic, a Kentucky, it's, yeah. which is good. There's a lot. I've been on a hurt. Billy Strings, too. I don't know where he's from, but probably Kentucky. But no, I've been, he's I've been like, wearing the hell out of that. I'm pretty sure uh, he's out of one of his records. He just covered, um, is it Nutshell by Allison Chains live yep. not too long ago? Yep. I saw, man, that was a really cool performance of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's another, freak. he's another he freak. He's another freak in nature. He is an absolute freak of nature. All right, Brock, before I go back over to Holden, who's your favorite all-time football player other than Tom Brady? Other than Tom Brady? Either Randy Moss or Julian Edelman. Oh, Randy look Moss. at Edelman good... getting a little love. Nice. Look at that. Oh, you, flying You squirrel. white wide receivers got to stick together. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Not a whole lot of you to cheer on. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Scotty Miller. You know, you, you, got, you got a few to choose from. But. You even uh, one of the Bengals running backs went over and and won uh, and won a, a you know Super Bowl with you guys. When was that? Uh, I don't James... know if he played a year or two, but he, as soon as he went over from the Bengals, he ended up winning the Super Bowl. It wouldn't have been James White. Pretty sure we drafted him. Yep, wasn't him. Dang. Um, do you remember Danny Wood? He's you think about it. You think about it and get back to me. His yeah. his initials are C D C, as in Charles D as in Dog. Corey. Yep. 
Corey Dillon. Yeah, Corey that, Dillon. There you that's go. A back. That's a big throwback right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's early 2000s. He was a beast with the Bengals too, and they, you know, they got him for his best years. But he was still enough in the in the tank to go over and help help you guys out. You got a ring. You got a ring. All right, hold on. Another multiple choice question for you. Okay. Gibson, Fender, or other? Uh, I'm a Les Paul guitar guy, yeah. hands down. Uh, that's I play a custom shop '56 reissue gold top P90, like fat neck. Oh, P90s. Got... My special. TVL oh, specials yeah. got P90s, love it. Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a Les Paul guy. I play. Uh, I'm actually just switched to Orange amps, but I'm, I'm a Fender amp guy all the way. I love Fender amps. Uh, I, I play a 410 Deville, and then I've got a uh, a uh, Doctor Z uh, Mazda 18 in the studio. I've got a ton of amps, but I, yeah. I, my rig has been a, a 410 Deville, and then a Hot Rod Deluxe with a 76 Jensen in the back of it. But I've, I've just, like I said, I'm going to Orange for a while, so. I just or change it up you, every now and then. You have a deal with the orange, or it's just personal choice. No, it's just personal choice. I like to just change it up every now and then. And it, honestly, it doesn't matter what amp I have; I make it sound the same. Like it always sounds like me, whatever amp I'm playing. So that's that's right. Cool. That's should. And orange is great, man. A great rock. Oh, I love I've it. got an orange. Yeah. Oh yeah, you, I love them. But definitely Les Paul. Definitely yeah. a Gibson guy. If you could get what what piece of gear would you get if costs were no option? If if I could get any piece of gear, it would be a Neve fifty eighty eight console. Uh, that's what the front of house engineer for Green. It's like a three hundred eighty thousand dollar console, all analog. And this dude, the front of house engineer for Green Day, pulls one out in front of their stage every night. It's insane. Wow. It like blows my mind because that's like a piece of gear that it probably weighs two thousand pounds, and it's like so much money, you know. Yeah. It's one of the most sought after consoles uh, in the world, actually. So that's that's there, and then probably a Dumble amp, of course. I knew you were gonna say that one. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Even though Dumble, like fun fact, Dumble amps were like designed, like Dumble made each amp specifically for who came in and wanted one. So they all sound right. different. They're all voice different. So I would still like to have one. Well, you never know. You may get your wish on both know. things. You keep the. The sustained run that you guys are on, you know, you're playing, you're playing oh, arenas and, you know, and eating bad Mexican food. The sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah. Living the dream. Yeah. All right. This goes to both of you guys. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Cookies and cream. Bluebell. Wow. That's a Texas brand, right? Yep. Oh yeah. It's the best brand actually. I like the Snickers ice cream, but. If I have to pick like a regular flavor, I'm going cookie dough, like chocolate chip cookie dough. When you say Snickers, it's like the frozen Snickers bar type ice cream that you get. Like, you, know. you can also buy the little pint ones. Like you can buy them. <laughs> I do that too, but I'll sit there and I'll eat the whole pint in one sitting. Yeah. <laughs> You're young. Um, you can handle it. You know, you've worked feel out. Good. You, can, you can do it. Yeah. Um, if you guys could play on stage with any band for one night or support, I should say support any band for one night, living or dead, who are you guys choosing? Blackberry Jimmy Smoke. Hendrix. Oh, Blackberry Smoke. Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. I, yeah, be. Uh, no offense, Holden, but I think you have a better chance with Blackberry Smoke. Yeah, I definitely think so. Yeah, <laughs> definitely think so. You think of living or dead. It would definitely have to be I Hendrix true. for me to. Did they play the same day on Firewater that you guys did? 
they were the day before. Okay. They headlined the night before, so we didn't get to see them because we were playing in Little Rock. Yeah, I haven't seen them yet. They're a big influence in, in my riding oh, a lot. They're for a while. They're an amazing live that. band. So good. I was listening to that uh, Whippoorwill album. My favorite song by them is uh, uh, Shaking Hands with the Holy Ghost. That like yep. intro lick. Like, I'm, I'm a big, that's my style. If a song has a lick like that, which you can tell who's writing the songs. So Charlie is a guitar player before a singer. And so yep. he just comes out like, Swing, I like to call it a swinging dick lick because it's just like swinging, you know. What's chunky for me? Yeah, so it's just like I, I listen to those licks and I'm just like, I would kill to write something like that, you know. For me, it's either Waiting on the Thunder or Who Invented the Wheel. Oh, they're wow. Oh, yeah. Two different songs, Waiting on the Thunder with a little bit of a lot of rock on that one. I mean, that's yeah. speaking of ACDC, that's definitely like ACDC ish to that main riff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. God, yeah. that's. If you have not, you guys need to see those guys. Hey, Brock, live. who's introduced you to all these bands, by the way? Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Go ahead and throw that out there. Holden, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. <laughs> I feel like Brock's my kid. Like, dude, he didn't know who Led Zeppelin was when he joined yeah, the band. I was like, what? That's like yes, unethical. Or I, I just I thought everybody knew Led Zeppelin. Did you say that was I unethical? Knew, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't listen. To him. But yeah. the first the first band that he showed me was the Steel Woods. Nice. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's a nice country rock. Yeah. Listen to the beginning of uh, Waiting on the Thunder and then listen, listen to the beginning of Frogman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, actually, fun fact. Rich Robinson was in the studio with Whiskey and Dave Cobb and, like, it's all on that. Really? You know, Rich you know the story the behind that? Because those guys are so elusive to try to get on here. I'm not going to go too far into detail because I don't know, like, the whole thing. I know that Rich Robinson uh, is a co-writer on that song, and I yeah. know Rich Robinson was in the studio with him. So, I mean, it sounds – I'm a huge Crows fan. First concert I ever went to, like, sounds like Rich Robinson lit. You're my so, guy, Holden. I actually have a slide Rich gave me himself at a Magpie Salute show, which was his, like he, – he had, like, an adventure off band, which he actually brought in Sven yeah. Pippen from – the crows to play bass he brought in mark ford the original oh you're original talking yeah magpie oh yeah i've, I've magpie. seen um magpie oh, and blackberry dude. smoke the on the drummer? same show together oh god the drummer for magpie the black dude with the fro man like that show Magis blew me, blew me away well, i don't know his name I, unfortunately i probably should because that, that that show like blew me away i was like holy shit these are like it doesn't you don't get any better than that you know that's like 100% perfection of each and every craft that they have, you know? When, when was your first, the first show? You said the first Crow show, what tour? What uh, I was that? probably 12. Uh, it was in Dallas. You know which record? It, what they were just doing, they were, the venue was House of Blues, um, which is my favorite venue. And they were just playing, they played all the hits. Like it wasn't any specific tour. I just saw them on the Shake Your Money Maker tour last year, but wasn't the same. What uh, year was it? remember i don't remember i was 12 years old i'm 24 now 12 years ago oh 2011 yeah it's been a minute yeah they would have just been Ooh, that might have been the last run of them before they got right back Split. recently when they did they do a lot of cover songs too nope they just did the typical uh you okay. know uh otis redding cover and uh uh hard to handle and that was that was it though no, they covered uh Deep Purple, uh, Hush, 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 2013. Yeah, Hush. yeah, that was yep. 2013. Okay, so I was pretty close. 
have you introduced Brock over to the Black Rose yet? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah. hey, Brock, you want to be a badass front man? Here's an hour-long YouTube video of Chris Robertson taking 100,000 people to church. Go to yep. school. That's really, that is a good teacher, Brock. And Robert Plant, since you now know who Led Zeppelin is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you did you I know did. that Jimmy Page played with the back Black Crows for a tour and they released? A I live saw record. that. I saw that. Man, he gives me shit. I knew who they were. I just didn't listen to them on a frequent basis. I wasn't a rock. <laughs> I just it wasn't my Brian, thing. Brian, we gotta start doing screener questions when people talk to us about bands <laughs> being on. You know, we're gonna lose our lose our reputation here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got I got a couple of real quick stupid last questions for you before I let you guys get on here. Um, if what is one celebrity you could kick their ass? Like, like that's what a celebrity that you know you can kick their ass if you had to get in a fight with somebody. You kick their He's ass. Dead, but but Billy Mays, the old OxyClean commercial. I, I, if I ever saw that guy, I would kick him in his nuts so hard. That guy got you know you're just peaceful tv commercial and all of a sudden you're getting screamed at for screamed three at, minutes yeah. 40 seconds <laughs> yeah. nice to piss me off so much that's a good uh, one brock you got somebody man i really don't know i <laughs> he's not the dude that did the sham wow commercials is he no that's no. another guy you could choose him though for sure that was vince or something i think his name is I didn't like the Sham Wows. They didn't. They didn't. I don't know if Billy Mays is really a celebrity or not, but God damn. That <laughs> yeah, I, we knew who he was. So you can choose Vince from Sham Wow because he he got in trouble years back. If you guys didn't know, he bit the tongue of a, of a hooker. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm out on that, man. I'm straight up. Yeah, that's who I'm choosing. I'm, I'm being. <laughs> I, I respect both choices. I think both choices are adequate. All right. Uh, what are the last three bands or artists you've streamed? Stream. Yep. You can use your phones. That's completely fine. It's open book on this one. I know Marcus King is definitely one of them. That's a good one. That's a good call. Rascal Flatts. Can't even lie. It's Rascal Flatts. Hold on. I'm going to my library here. Yeah, Marcus King, Rascal Flatts, and Pony Bradshaw. What, Pony Bradshaw? Pony, like horse, Pony Bradshaw. Yeah. He's, a, he's a Texas country guy. Okay, I that's really not like bro him. country, though, right? That's like real country? No, it's... Okay. All he's right. kind of like... But he's good. All right, Holden, you're up. Uh, okay, Billy Strings... Uh, it was Billy Strings, Rival Sons, and Hozier, I think, was about my three, my last okay. three Okay, hey, Hozier is a little bit of a, a curveball there. Yeah, I, 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 man, my music is all over the, uh, all over the. Is that the Take Me to Church? Is that the, the song? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. He's got some deep cuts that are pretty good. Um, actually, I was listening to, I was, I was, I was in a seminar this morning. Uh, I took a mixing class and I was doing some drums and. Um, it's like uh, it was a class on reverb, and so he's 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 an artist that's always got tons of good reverb and all of his music, and so I was just using that as a reference. So anyway, I'm a nerd. I'm a I'm a I'm a music nerd. <laughs> we gotta we gotta hook him up with Aaron Coburn, who is in all that self recording and doing all that stuff. She's a pretty badass guitar player out of Ohio, 
And oh, cool. she's in all the mixing and mastering stuff. So cool. nice. All right. Guilty pleasure for both of you guys. What's a guilty pleasure musically? A musical guilty pleasure? Yeah. yeah I'm trying to think on that one. Guilty pleasure. <laughs> or someone we'd be surprised to know you listen to. Oh, okay. Um, uh, you go ahead, Brock. I'm going to think about that one. Man. Um, the Dixie Chicks. Ooh, Straight up. I see. I'm a... Love the Dixie Chicks, They're bro. great. They're great, They're so- man. Great harmonies. Yeah. yeah. And Audley Freed is their, their musical director, so you can't go wrong there. Yeah, I just, they tell good stories and they sound really good, so. Dixie- I don't know, Gil. I'm, I can't answer that. I don't know. You look at your phone and see what you've played recently. <laughs> and, and you'll get it out. Yeah, the Dixie Tricks are great. I think they've been torn recently, the last couple of years too. I think they're back at it. I might have to see if I can catch a show. And they're Texans as well, right? Or at least a lot of them are. I think so. Based out Texas. Yeah. Like that whole cycling through. He's muted. He's going to have something. He's going to pull up something crazy. He's going to have like, uh, I don't know. There it goes. Okay. Uh, Misty Elliott, work it. All right. There you go. (laughs) Uh, She was probably popular when you guys were really, really young. Yeah, Yeah. I'm a huge, like, 90s, 80s, and 90s rap. Uh, Like, uh, I just forgot their name, the Mexican rap band I listen to all the time. Insane in the Membrane, Cypress Hill. I'm a huge Cypress Hill fan. (laughs) Right on. I will say yeah. that rap in the 80s and 90s was definitely better, a lot more fun and poppy and like, you know, not yeah. overproduced or whatever. Everything sounds the same now. Yep. Yeah. It was more real back then where people were actually struggling, actual gangsters, not wannabe gangsters. Well, you had stuff too, like Run DMC or even like when the Beastie Boys came out. Uh, oh, yeah. LL Cool J, like, man, he had some really legitimately good stuff. I'm a huge Biggie Smalls fan. Like that's okay. uh, Brooklyn. I like Brooklyn style rap for sure. I like the big Motown drums kits with you know, like you know, sampled keys. I think Jay Z's uh, whoever does his music. I don't know whoever samples all that's a genius. You know, that's really so hard in the to old, do. In the old rap wars, you'd be on Team East Coast. You'd be on the East Coast oh, yeah. side. Yeah, I'm not an NWA like Compton like. I don't really. I'm not into all that. But Brooklyn, I do like. It's all about the beat to me. So Brooklyn beats always seem to be the best in rap. All right. My opinion. Last question. You guys are going to have to work together on this one. Give okay. us a good story from, from the road. Something that would, you know, first thing that pops in your mind that you would tell somebody about. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I think oh. a cool experience. Brock was that t-shirt. The, the backstory about that, that shirt at Chili Fest. That oh, was yeah, really yeah, cool yeah. That was cool for me. Like, I just remember signing this shirt. Every band that's ever played Chili Fest, like Merle Haggard was on there. Um, Who else? Like, some crazy big name, like, old country legends. Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. Um, We just got to sign this thing last weekend with all these bands. And I just remember just looking at the shirt. I'm like, man, this is badass. We're, like, sharing the shirt. We're sharing, we just, we just, yeah, we just, we're signing the shirt that these legends, like, I'm not like, I'm not, I don't listen to Willie Nelson on the regular or 
uh, Merrill Haggard, but I know the like everybody knows, you know, like how legendary those guys are. So it's pretty cool. Didn't that was a cool moment play, for me. Didn't we play somewhere that everybody who had ever played there had like signed somewhere in the building or something? Well, that's the green room at Billy Bob's, but no, that's if you sell it out. It wasn't Billy Bob's. There was another place. No, at, at the green room of floors, bands put their lanyards on this old guy's statue that used to work there. Used to work cool. at the venue. Um, probably more yeah. fun. But story. yeah, that was like a really cool moment from the road for me was signing that shirt last weekend. That was really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, and then like more on the like happy-go-lucky fun side of things, we were in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas after our show with the Steel Woods and they had those lime scooters sitting <laughs> up. And we rode we rode those lime scooters till three o'clock in the morning. We all ended up spending the whole like band. Four, like, nice. We all spent, we all spent like ended up spending like seventy dollars on those <laughs> on those scooters because they charge. Were you, you playing that, that the arena downtown there? Uh, oh, we were playing a venue on the water. Yeah, yeah, right next to the amphitheater. We played the Rev Room, and then in September the month the next month we played at the amphitheater with Whiskey Myers. Nice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, guys, where do our listeners go to find out more about your band, uh, listen to your music, find out where you're playing shows, get your merch, just just get all the details? Weatheredsouls.com uh, has everything, all of our merch, all of our shows. Um, it's got links to our music and all of our social medias as well. Um, yeah, our social media goes, we're most active on Instagram and Facebook and a link to our website is also in the bio of those um and you got yeah. a tiktok a youtube page and twitter we do well. have a tiktok we do have a tiktok we're not very good at posting on it but we're working on it <laughs> all right brian over to you all right thank you so much to brock and holden uh from the weathered souls thank you guys for coming on means a lot to us uh we love the new record by the way i forgot to tell you brian and i have a copy of it it's awesome i love it thank you that's thank awesome you. i get to text tyler to tell him he didn't screw it screw it up for you guys <laughs> yeah it makes me a little oh, bit yeah. sad but makes me happy <laughs> for you too at least yeah. yeah thank you guys for coming on come back anytime yeah thanks for having us we're thank you. Yeah, we man. definitely like to be back so yeah. reach out again reach out and again and maybe, Brock, maybe you post record. story you owe us a story to tell us about the song because you didn't want to tell it before yeah, the record came out. That is true. You guys had a copy. If you guys would have told me in that moment, I would have said the story. <laughs> so there's a song called Bad Cat. Okay, I'll just go ahead and tell, tell the story. So, tell the story before we sign off. Come on. There's a song. There's a song called Bad Cat Boogie. And so Tyler brought yep. this amp out, and uh, I don't know if you've never heard of Matchless Amps. Yeah, that's yeah. not. Um, yep. So not so Samson. That's not the story. This, this guy the, named Samson. Uh, uh that's not the story brock no i was gonna tell him the story of why it got written because you and tyler were in his living room arguing about who had the best guitar riff of all time and he was saying zz top and you were saying angus black and he goes it's okay angus you young angus <laughs> young he goes it's okay you got the right to be wrong and i said i'm gonna write a song about that and then he calls me 45 minutes later and he's like what did i say earlier and i was like right yeah. to be wrong he's like be thinking of something and then he came over and we wrote that song Love it. Yeah, because it's Bad Cat Boogie. My cool. right to be wrong. Okay, so this is why it's called Bad Cat Boogie, okay? <laughs> so Tyler brought in the Samson-era matchless, which is like $9,000 amp. And this is day two of recording, and we had this thing in like in an amp room, and it was sounding badass. 
Next thing you know, like all of a sudden the smoke alarms are going off. The assistant's running down to the amp room, opens it up, it's completely full of smoke. We oh. burned that amp down to the ground. And uh, so it was like, damn, Tyler, we're going to have to call the song Bad Cat, the song you helped us write, the amp we burned down, it's yours. So pretty much every time you hear this song, think about your amp just melting away at the fingertips of our guitar player. It was too rock. <laughs> We rocked too. It couldn't handle the tone. No, uh, joking, joking. The amp is okay, I think. But this whole speaker was completely like on fire. The garage was full of smoke, so it was crazy. Crazy. I could have been a lot worse than it was. To harass him. I'm going to harass him about that. Yep. I love this. I texted him like two weeks ago, and I was like, "Hey, did you get that amp fixed yet?" And he was like, "Sad face, no." (laughs) That's what I'm going to text him. Uh, exactly. Did you get that amp fixed yet? And then see what he tells me. Yeah. Did you get the bad cat fixed? Yeah. 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 Aaron Coburn yeah. plays bad cat amps, by the yeah. way. She does. So yeah. Yep. She does right. play bad cat. Right. Yeah. Yep. Reed, I think Reed Southall plays. He has a bad cat. He goes back and forth between a bad cat and a magnetone, I think. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to have you on again. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Thank you guys for Absolutely. having me. Thank you so much to Holden, Holden and Brock. From the Weathered Souls for joining us. Thank you for the hilarious story at the end about a melted amp speaker. About a melted amp. And I I by the time you're listening to this, I would have, I would have well have texted Tyler Baker, <laughs> ask him if he's had that amp fixed yet. So hopefully a story for another podcast, Brian. I can tell you what the response was. That was great how that ended up coming to be about, you know, just some playing some shows together and you know. I don't Talking know. We didn't even. Bonded. I forgot to ask those guys, like if Tyler has produced other bands or whatnot. But, but you know, they're playing some shows together. They're just chatting it up, and man, it'd be great if you produce our record. Bonded, yeah, you know, and you, when you want somebody to produce your record, you really want somebody that you can trust, right, and believe when they tell you things. And I think it helps if you've got the good relationship with somebody before you go in. Like you've got that, you know the trust mm-hmm. and you've got the these guys are good musicians and like you know they've been there they've recorded three albums so we're gonna listen to what they tell us yeah and it, like i told those guys i'm so happy for them that you know they get you know such a young band right out of the gate opening for the steel was opening for misky myers and rival sons and playing with them dirty roses and goodbye june that, that's getting to play in toledo ohio with those guys i mean yeah. that's like the top <laughs> of the rock spectrum right there <laughs> i kid toledo because i love yeah <laughs> right but yeah no great band um we got a chance to listen to the record early it is really good if you, it's it's rock it's rock with some southern southern and blues inspired stuff too but it is a good rock album and if you like the goodbye junes and if you like the rival sons i think you're gonna like this one yeah so definitely get out there and check out weathered souls get the new record and always remember southern rock is reverent loses blood we'll see you next time
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 